Hello, this is Dog. What to do? This is Rambling, your weekly Rams podcast that brings you inside of the team and news around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from Los Angeles, California. I am full of joy and I am full of coffee after wow. watching the incredible Monday night showdown. The Rams over the Buccaneers, 27-24. They're now 7-3. They have a short week to face the 49ers back at home at SoFi Stadium. Today's guest is one cool cat. He gives out scepters and he is the host of Good Morning Football. He has robots. He also has a great podcast I highly recommend. 10 Questions. You can find it on Spotify. His first guest was Aaron Rodgers and his latest guest was Matthew McConaughey who refuses to wear deodorant. But like, I don't know, I was talking to Matt and I think it probably smells like lavender naturally. Anyway, right now it smells like victory because we have the one, the only, Cal Brent. <laughs> Hard up to be here. I, I, I have to apologize. I, uh, I was going to wear my Matt Gay Rams jersey, but my wife took it today. She likes to sleep in it. She, we love Matt Gay in our household. So she has it. I normally would have worn it. Sorry, guys. I was expecting that. That was the one. I know. I know. People expect me to wear my Matt Gay jersey. It's kind of my thing, but she has it. And it's, it's her day with the Matt Gay jersey. She gets the Tuesdays or something like that. Uh, right. But tomorrow, tomorrow I'll get it back. <laughs> yeah, I have my Matt Gay socks just on the side. Yeah. I can't see them. I'm great. My- Mug is ordered. Um, great story from the fact that Matt Gay comes in and basically wins the game for the Rams uh, against his former team. That's got to feel good. Let's start with quick kickers in this conversation. Yeah, let's do it. We, we, can, even, we can call the segment Gay Pride. I, I, I feel very, <laughs> very happy with Matt Gay, and they should be proud of him because, you know, everybody loves a kicker storyline or a revenge storyline, and last night it was both of it for the Rams. It was a little dicey because he'd missed one already, and then when McVeigh did the thing where he like didn't go for the jugular and didn't try to snap the neck and was still conservative, I was like, oh, dude, Matt Gay, do not blow this kick. And then he was center cut. It was one of those no doubt kicks, not even one of those anglers. Center cut, piece of cake. And then Brady choked and it was over. It's fantastic. And I have more on Matt Gay later on. In this oh, time. good. Oh, I'm, I'm all about it. Gay pride. As you yeah, said. totally. <laughs> um, but I would like to talk about some rookies because okay. they're making a lot of noise these days. We don't need first-round picks. Who needs those? We got mm-hmm. Cam Akers and Van Jefferson both scored touchdowns. We got a six-round pick, Jordan Fuller, who had not one but two interceptions on arguably the best quarterback in the universe. What does it say about these players who rose to the occasion, these little rookies? It was cool because I think I had this right. So it was Cam Akers' first touchdown. And it was Van Jefferson's first touchdown. And it was Jordan Fuller's first interception. So it was like everybody was like having their first. And you always remember your first. Mine was terrible, but theirs was beautiful. A lot more eyes on theirs. Um, I was probably, unfortunately, I think I was older than those guys for mine. But that's a whole different story. I think it says something about this team in that, let me set the table with this, Serena. I should, you have to go back before you can go forward. I just want everyone to know, including you guys and everybody listening, back in August when everybody in the world is doing their picks and this team's going to the division, this team's going to win the wild card, everybody's doing it, and then everybody gets shelled for it. I picked the 2020 Los Angeles Rams to win the NFC West. I did. And that was back at a time when it was all Niners this, Niners that, and Russell Wilson this, and maybe the Cardinals are really exciting. Like, no one that I talked to was on the Rams. And I said, screw it. I'm going with it. I like the coach. I like the defense. And I'm going to do it. 
And I bring this up now because we're coming around the bend of the season. Like we're not in the home stretch yet, but you can see it and it's almost there. And this is the time to start to pick your champions to be like, I, I think this team's getting it together. I think this team is, it, it, everyone will be doing it in a few weeks. I do it now. I think the Rams are getting it together and those guys all having their firsts is not a coincidence. All right. I love it. It's quick, it's easy, it's the first, and it's done. I still am here months later picking the Rams when the NFC West. They're going to finish this thing. And they're getting players emerging, like, out of the, 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 the walls. It's great. Who are these guys? I don't think the national media know who Jordan Fuller was. They do now. They do now. Insane. But Jordan Fuller and Tom Brady were both the 199th pick in their respective draft. What? This kid's like, oh, yeah, two interceptions. He didn't even, in the press conference yesterday, he was sort of like, yeah, I just want to get back to my teammates. That locker room's really like electric right now. And we're all like, you picked off Tom Brady. And he's like, uh-huh, I'm keeping the football. It's like completely, it didn't hit him yet. You know, when you have like a huge cut and you're like, I'm not bleeding. <laughs> oh yeah, I probably need a Band-Aid. <laughs> I'm not really it. hurt. Yeah, no. except I have a compound fracture. I, I wonder. Yeah, it's, it's a mere flesh wound, but this, that was a deep cut though for Fuller. I, and I, I find myself wondering, you're the 199th pick, you're a rookie, you're this young guy. What must Jordan Fuller's place be like in which he's going to bring back those two footballs? Like he doesn't have some opulent, crazy, cool place overlooking the, the, the hills. He's probably got like a, a, a small condo in Thousand Oaks or Westlake or something. And it's a, maybe a two bedroom. And he's going to put these incredible footballs on some mantle that he has. It's like IKEA furniture. I'm so happy for him. You can put him on the floor. Yeah. Next to the black leather couch and like his things of protein powder and his video games. And then here's two footballs I got from the guy who's been in nine Super Bowls. It's really cool. You know what's actually insane? Jordan Fuller's uncle is Sinbad. His mother used to sing backup for like Bruce Springsteen and Luther Vandross and you would never know this man doesn't say anything and every time I bring it up I'm like Jordan Fuller's dad, his uncle is Sinbad. Yeah you just sunk my battleship. The, so you're talking about Sinbad the comic yes! like the legendary comic is yes! Jordan and not now hold on Serena let's not BS the people it's not one of these three times removed through marriage uncle you telling me that sinbad is the sibling of jordan F uh, fuller's parent yeah either his mom or his dad actually i never asked wow. him. i was in like astonishment i was like huh? is sinbad's real name last name fuller i don't know what his real name is that's a good math is it sinbad fuller i don't i don't know even yeah, right? and then his mom was a backup singer yes his mom's huge huge backup singer for like luther vandross and um, and Bruce Springsteen, like she, her Instagram, I went through it and yeah. I was like, oh my God, your mom has so, changed like a single. Sinbad, what do you got for us, Matt? Sinbad's real name is David Adkins and his spouse is Meredith Fuller. Oh, okay. So, okay, married him. But I'm not sure I don't care, but it's still one, only one step away. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he's probably, he he's probably not like Sinbad. Uncle Sinbad, or like, you know, the friend of the family. You're like, oh, yeah. that's my uncle. Oh. By the way, what what kind of a trade up was Sinbad? What was his name? Glenn Atkins or something? <laughs> David. 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 I mean that that guy sounds like my realtor. Like not Sin. That was a great name change for I him. Changed it. Yeah, yeah great change. David Atkins. He'll really help you out. Yeah, I, David Atkins on Def Comedy Jam. That, that wasn't happening. That was. It's a great change. But I love that for Fuller. I'm going to talk about this. I got morning football this week. I'll credit you because I didn't know anything about that Sinbad. That's cool. 
I know. That's great. Um, we'll, we'll keep on the defense because they're right. fun to talk about. You know, I don't know. There's too much to talk about, actually. You got Brandon Staley and you got that little guy, Aaron Donald. Then you got that mm-hmm. other little guy, Jalen Ramsey. But then you have, like, actual smaller, littler guys like uh, Darius Williams, who all of a sudden was like, who are you? How did you get in the room? I mean, what is the most impressive part to you about this group? Well, Darius Williams has been on our radar for only a couple of weeks because my cohort, Peter Schrager, has been like in the Darius Williams hive. Like he's, he's the one ringing the dinner bell because it's tough. You go and you just talk about the Rams and immediately you go, oh, Donald and Jalen, and that's great. And they're spectacular. But Schrager always prides himself on knowing McVeigh, has a relationship with him, and he knows the up-and-coming players. So he's been telling us about this guy for weeks. And look, he tells us about a lot of guys, and they don't really pan out sometimes. That's the dirty little secret about it. But in this case, it's panned out big time. So I'm impressed as hell with that. Because, listen, I, you could have the best defensive tackle in the corner and best corner in the, in the world, and they have both. But you got to have some other parts here. I mean, we, we got to do something. It's, they can't win the Super Bowl by themselves. I thought it was cool last night that um, – you know, you kept waiting for this huge game from Donald and just destroying Brady and doing that like, like Khalil Mack did. And then I'm looking in the stat sheet this morning. Aaron Donald isn't even in it. it like, literally, Cooper Cup had more tackles than Aaron Donald did last night. And yet, they still win and they still turn them over. So you don't need like the stupid stat line from Donald to beat like a great NFC team. It's actually a good thing. Yeah, I think it speaks highly of Aaron Donald too to be like, that's cool, coach. They're going to prep for me. You're yeah. going to double, triple team me. This opens – this is why the Leonard Floyds and the Terrell Lewises and Rockers and Seabass get all of those plays because AD's like, don't worry. I'm going to be Jon Snow. I'm going to fight everyone on my own. You go save the queen. Like, just go get the dragons. Save yourselves. Yeah. You're yeah. talking about, you know, when Snow takes out the sword at the yeah. Battle of the Bastards. Let's not make any mistake about this. Snow was getting his ass kicked in that battle, and he was definitely going to die until – Sansa came in with the Knights of the Vale. In this case, that would be the supporting players in the Rams defense. Like, if any, lest anyone think that Jon Snow was kicking ass in the Battle of the Bastards, he was not. His head was going to be on a stake. And in this case, I see what you're saying with Aaron Donald. It's, I would take it to my youth when I was the Jordan Bulls fan growing up in Chicago. Like, the two biggest shots of the Jordan era, really, one was made by Steve Kerr and one was made by John Paxton when Jordan passed it to him. So you got to have those guys. You got to have those John Paxons with the little shorts on the Rams defense. I think they do. You have to watch Ted Lasso. Have you seen Ted Lasso? No, I've not seen this damn Ted Lasso. I, I love Sudeikis, and I heard the show is spectacular, but I haven't gotten to it yet. We're too busy doing a Queen's Gambit and all that crap that my wife likes, but we're going to do the Lasso for sure. Tell me why. It's so, well, you spoke about passing the ball, and yeah. it's, it's hilarious, and it makes you cry and laugh at the same time, and I watched the whole thing in a day. It's the coaching cliches and all that, like that you used to hear as a kid. Like, what is the, the bedrock of the show? I don't even understand. He, he is like this innocent uh, man who's going through his own issues, right? But he's like, I'm going to stay positive. And he's not like a winning. He's just sort of like mid-tier coach from like a D2 yeah. school, like okay. coach college football. But yeah, like you, you remember the, the promo they did for it on NBC that was like a fake show about I remember the promo yeah yeah okay just making sure that like you but you, I never saw it and people so love the good. and okay. the fact that it's like British humor along with American humor and like he brings up the Carlton to like oh, one really? of the soccer players and he's like why are you talking about Alfonso to me right now but they they it's it's like very clear like oh we all know pop culture like yeah. it's less, like this is American and this is this so good 
Oh, man. Um, I guess I have to talk about Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, too, because yeah. they're very good. Robert Woods, angry run champ of the week, right? Can you imagine? That's so cool. We, is every single week, we, we pick one player in the entire league who runs somebody over, basically. We can put any nuances on describing as we want. It's basically one guy trucks another guy, and we give them literally a scepter as an award. If you were doing a draft to begin the season, and again, you have everybody in the league, Derrick Henry, anybody, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, and you were to draft what player you think is most likely to win the angry runs, Robert Woods might also be your 199th pick, like his teammate there. Like, you would never pick Robert Woods, and yet there he is. This is going back last week, like an absolutely lethal stiff arm on the sideline. He gets it. He wins the award. He sends it back to us. And now, like, and then he follows it up by having, like, 76 catches or something last night. That was amazing. He's really – Bobby Trees, everyone tells me you got to call Bobby him. Trees. Bobby Trees. That's a good nickname. When he knocked that uh, DB off the sidelines, I was in the, the press box, and you're not supposed to say anything. And you're supposed to be, like, press you know, yeah. etiquette. And I was like, yo, I just like, got up an artist so I'm in the head of PR. It's like, Serena, sit down. I was like, yeah. I'm so sorry. Serena, maintain your objectivity here. Come on now. You're like, dude, <laughs> Bobby Trees just planted somebody. What are you kidding me? No way. It was incredible. We sent him the scepter. Plants, trees, I guess. Yes, all kinds of that stuff. It's beautiful. A lot of that in California. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to go to what makes me happy, which is Jared right. Goff this week. He makes me happy. He passed Kurt Warner for fifth all-time in franchise history with 103 touchdown passes. Oh, wow. How, this is my, my moment where I clip my throat. How many more of these types of games does JG need to have to get more street cred? Can we put some respect on the name already? Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's really tough. You just really the tough. same side I did. <laughs> yeah. I, listen, we've come a long way. It, we, we've made a lot of progress. I remember, <laughs> I remember vividly when the Rams uh, were starting off in L.A. And, you know, they, they, I remember I was still living in L.A. at the time, I think. And, and there was a huge billboard next to the 405. And they put Jared Goff's face on it. And it was just like feel the heat or something and he was just like sitting there like just straight face like with his helmet on and i was like i don't feel the heat I, I let alone feel the need to buy season tickets however this is years ago he was a very very young rookie there and hadn't had a lot of big college experience and winning come a long way he's won an nfc championship he's in a million i they ran a graphic last night that blew me away did you see this during the broadcast that like it was something ridiculous. Like, in the last few years, the most wins by a starting quarterback. What was yeah, this? it was Tom Brady and then Russell Wilson. Yeah, and Goff. And yeah, I was I like. Who, and Mahomes and me. I don't know who it was. Yeah. But I was like, have a moment, Jared Goff. Holy crap. Now, it yeah. would have been better if he played better in the second half, which he did not. Because a lot of people were like, ah, just when we trust you, Jared Goff, you have sloppy interceptions and you're getting Jordan Whiteheaded. But that's okay. It was still a night in which he beat Tom Brady. He's now 7-3. and three. And uh, I like the redemption story. Like, um, I, I would think it would be – I would really like to see Matt Ryan get back to a Super Bowl someday. Now, it's never going to happen, most likely, because of what happened to him in the Super Bowl, the 28-3 to thing. No one should have to live out the rest of their life with that. I'd like to see Jared Goff get back, too. He didn't have a 28-3, to but it was a rough day. And no one should have to do that the rest of their life. And I would love to see him get back there. And McVay, too. I mean, I, that had to be a very disappointing day for McVay. So yeah. I want to see them get back. And if you're starting to win as many games as Brady and Ross, you're doing primetime, like, you're on your way. Yeah. And it's – I don't know if there is literally a physical aspect to Jared because he doesn't look 
like this monster heat sort of like presence, but like it's like the mass singer that show and you take <laughs> off the mask like you're you're the man who has that thing. Yeah. I just don't know what it is, but he is very good and it's just sort of like why isn't he getting street cred? But <laughs> I know. And you know what's funny is that Antonio Brown, who was in the game last night, was on The Masked Singer. Like, he, there's, there's all sorts of crossover stuff. Wow. We, need, we need Jared Goff to take off his helmet and, you know, Ken Jong and Jenny McCarthy are like, there he is, the best quarterback in the NFC. I, do, I think you might be onto something, Serena, though, with the optics. I found myself staring at him last night. I'm like, God, he is really skinny. Even after, it's like one thing when you come into the league and, you know, you still got that kind of college body, but then you get with the trainers and you fill out a little bit. It's very thin man. And, I, you know, we're, we see public. these people. I, I know. I would think you see Josh Allen. He's huge and cam. And then some of these, like, absolute phenoms, he's still very slim. And I know that's important because pliability and all that. But, like, I, it's a very discerning public. And if you throw a couple interceptions, you don't look perfect, all of a sudden it's uh, Jared Goff. But, meanwhile, again, seven and three, everybody, coming piping hot down the stretch. You can be a thin quarterback. You can be a short base. You can be Jose Altuve. Like, he's the Jose Altuve. Like, it don't matter. He can still he's do taking, your thing. He's taken quite a few few shots that I've been yeah. pretty impressed. And, I mean, he's pretty uh, pretty durable back there. I mean, I don't think he's missed a single game with in- – I mean, hang on. Get into it, Matt. Come oh, on. Uh, has missed, I like it. Missed a single game with injury uh, up to this point in his career. So He's in the producer mode. Yeah, I can tell. Matt. Yeah, Matt's like, hold on. Let me just pull up calculations here. Um, news from around the NFL, because yeah. we're just about a month left of regular season football, so we wanted to talk maybe potential playoff. We got kind of Let's do it. Who in the heck in the NFC, NFC should the Rams be worried about, right? Like, I don't know. Is it the, – first, the NFC East – they're all Spider-Man, just like, yeah. who, who? We, we don't know. know. The, don't NFC, know. the NFC sucks. I, I, and I hate that as a blanket statement, but I, I, I'm, I'm saying it that way because I'm frustrated about it. I love the NFC. I was reared on the NFC in Chicago, the George Hallis Trophy, and, like, this the classic, the Niners, the Packers. Look around the, the league. Here's who I like. I like the Rams. I already said that, and I've liked them since August. I like the Saints. I don't even care who their quarterback is. But other than that, like, the Packers are fine. The Bears, nope. The NFC East, nope. The Bucks, not into them. And, like, the Seahawks, heavily flawed. And the Cardinals, heavily inexperienced. I still don't think they're going to be that team just ripping off wins in January. So, it's like, then we're left with, like, oh, we have 16 teams in this division. We only like two of them? I think there's two great teams. I think it's the Saints and the Rams. And that's a sweet tune to be singing for L.A. fans right now. Where do you put, like, a, like the Packers? Where are you putting your buddy Aaron Rodgers? Okay. So I look at uh, Rodgers and Russ are just in the same deal. Now, the two of those guys over the years, they've played each other eight times, and they're four and four against each other. Uh, The home team has won in all eight of them. And they're inexorably inexorably linked right now because they both have – these are classic. We've seen a million Aaron Rodgers teams that are pretty good but not great, and now we're seeing them every year with Russ. They have these amazing quarterbacks, and you're like – that team looks just good enough to win one playoff game and then lose. I think both of those teams are like the classic B-plus Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson teams, and I don't think they'll be better. They're both flawed. They're not as good as the field. They're fine, but they're not Super Bowl teams. They win a lot, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we got got. We couldn't really last this long with yeah. what we had. They're, they're just like, like the early 90s Atlanta Braves. Like, 
they're so loaded and so good and you won one world series it's just like it's smoltz and glavin and maddox and you know they're gonna lose um They'll be 12 and four or something like that. Maybe 11 and five and they'll win one playoff game. That's it. I know it. I, we can, I can come back on in January and be like, you were right about the Packers and Seahawks. Wrong about everything else, but right about the Packers and Seahawks. <laughs> I will find you after New Year. Please do. <laughs> All right, Maddie, it is time. Okay, yeah. it's time for the socially distant social segment. And with Thanksgiving, what? I don't know. I don't know when this is. Matt, you're still hey, this week in Simbad's IMDb, and and I God bless you for it too. I wish I was there with you. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, it's Thanksgiving this week, and yeah. so we're just just generally curious. What are you thankful for in this year of 2020 and all that it's brought? But uh, the caveat here is like it's got to be things that you would never be thankful for outside of 2020. So good Wi-Fi or uh-huh. like things that like an outdoor space i don't know okay. what it is yeah i mean you guys want me oh well you know i'm thankful for the troops and i'm thankful um all right you I, I am thankful for good wi-fi of which we are just clicking the three of us right now this is a beautiful crisp wi-fi <laughs> uh, it's really good uh the only thing that's more important in my household than good wi-fi and it's important by one thousand times good wi-fi and good wife uh, and let me tell you what I mean by that. Now, I'm not having some schmaltzy moment where I'm in the romantic comedy and I'm going to kiss the girl at the end. I don't know. Um, my wife is incredible for a million reasons, but like the teaching factor in our house, because we, we had a seven-year-old almost and a four-year-old. Like right now, she's probably upstairs being like, will he shut up about whatever Rams team he's talking about? I'm trying to teach my kid what is five plus eight and he's not getting it and he's getting bored. And he's frustrated. We have turned our part of our house into like one of these old red brick schoolhouses. And it's unbelievably frustrating and difficult. Like, guys, when we were in school, all the, you think you're just going to hearken back to like when you were in second grade? The stuff has changed. They don't teach it anyway. You think it's five plus four is always going to be five plus four. It ain't. They take the five here and the four, and then you have to meet in the middle. There's a whole new system. You would think it's eternal. I'm telling you, five plus four has changed. It's not as simple as it used to be, and we're learning with them. So I'm thankful that my wife is doing the lion's share of that because I just get frustrated and walk out. Amen to that. Yeah, thank you. Matt, are you thankful for anything? Uh, Well, can't concur because my wife is also a high school teacher, so I've been dealing with a lot of this. I'm thankful for my mom being a teacher. Yeah. Shout out to all the teachers. Yeah. Oh, your mom is an actual teacher? Yeah, she was like in the Bronx. Oh, really? By me? All right, so I'm like I'm like 20 minutes from the Bronx here. I'm okay, in Westchester, yep. New York. So what what oh. how old does she teach? What level? uh she was in high school. She just moved to uh CUNY, so uh, community college. Okay. She teaches this is insane. And I, I gave my mom props because she's older now and is on the Zoom and everything. Yeah. She like has things out with me. She's very up to date on her iPhone. Um, she teaches kids who don't speak English. She teaches them English as a second language. So oh, that's massive. Insane. Yeah. And the majority of them are like these awesome Dominicans in the Bronx that I grew yes. up with. So I'm like, what's your mom's name, Serena? Sylvia Morales. Well, gracias, Sylvia Morales. Felicidades. Happy holidays. Uh, I, I, even at home, I love you guys. And as we learn from over Matt's shoulder, love begins at home. That's the important message this holiday season. That's why I put it there. That's it, baby. <laughs> we are going to wrap with Say What, because it's kickers who bench. We were talking about Matt Gay at the beginning of the pod. We're going to finish with him. Great. Sean McVay postgame talked about getting kicker Matt Gay and what it really you know, sold him on starting him against the Buccaneers last night. 
This was his quote. It's hilarious. And, uh, you know, guys were ruining on. You can see the height on the ball, the leg strength. He looks like he trains with Aaron Donald, too. I, the kicker's pretty jacked, man. Um, I, we then found out that he benches around 250, so 255. But okay. I don't know. Matt just told me that he could bench 255. Yeah, I mean, so I'm like, like well, I don't know what 255 means anymore. Okay, time out. Pause. Uh, <laughs> at one point in time, I could bench 250, no problem. It's been when, a minute. Jim's was that your junior year in high school, school, Matt? When was yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, that was like fresh out of high school, like early college before okay. Uh, okay. I became a legal. Did you have the T-shirt that says like 250-pound bench club? Like, because yeah. they used to make no, those it's, things it's, too. It's actually a tattoo on my inner. Oh, look at you. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so no, Matt Gay is in that club as, as well as Matt Israel right here. He's also in the club, 250-pound. <laughs> I just like hearing McVay talk about guys who were jacked, man. And McVay, McVay jacked. Oh, he's jacked. And he walked off the podium after talking to the press last night. And Matt Gay, they were, like, passing ship. Then he's like, you're jacked, man. Like, that oh, really? was it. Yeah, he said it twice. We were like, what? And the best part of this whole Matt Gay story is that Johnny Hecker was, like, the catalyst for all this starting. Like, he was the one who was like, we should get Matt Gay. Like, oh, yeah. Johnny Hecker continues to be MVP. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't know he was a power broker, too. Like, he's halfway in Sneed's office, like, brokering deals about get this guy and everything. I, I mean, they, the, the punters have a lot of idle time on their hands, right? So I guess you do that. That's beautiful. See, I didn't know about the hecker getting Matt Gay. I didn't know about the Sinbad connection. I didn't. I, all this stuff is why I like to come on, because I don't get these cool details like you guys Little, have. Yeah. yeah. Talk to Nate, because Nate will text me sometimes. Be like, what do you think about uh you know the running back situation like oh let me explain to you kid out of memphis blah 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 you're talking just, about nate burleson does that yeah your buddy nate <laughs> oh so basically you're ghostwriting for nate i'll have to bust his chops on that on the air that he has cliff's notes and they come from serena morales I'm, I'm doing that tomorrow it was only it was only that one time no actually right. another fun nugget for you yeah Darius williams told me that he thinks of himself as a quarterback he doesn't see he's like i'm a quarterback it was like if you didn't play because he's quiet as hell, like yeah. for a DB and for a football player. Like he's quiet and then he's extra quiet. And so you're like, I just don't need to. And he's like, I, I'm a quarterback, Serena. I'm actually a quarterback. And I was like, all right. Was he, was he a quarterback like in college or high school or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, like before he was in position, but which like kind of makes sense. He's really everybody smart. Was, everybody in the NFL was a quarterback in high school. Just I know. And then they moved. Tenors were quarterbacks. Either. Everybody either Glory was days, back. right? When you used to bench 255 and play quarterback. Like, we all <laughs> love <them. laughs> Right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, anytime you need random nuggets on the Rams, just I'll be here. I'm way into that. I'm, I'm, I'm not even making this up. I'm going to bring that up tomorrow, especially the Sinbad thing. I think that's funny. Hey, I, love, I grew up watching Sinbad. I will, I will have my cup of coffee. Hello, it. this is Dog. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be on delay, so you'll see my tweet like five hours later. Oh, good. Okay, I, good. I'm always so fine with LA time. Um, either way, that's it. It's another episode of Ramblin' in the books. We're that back. was so fast. Okay. Was, it's fast. We're having fun, man. We're back at SoFi Stadium this coming Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific. And if you enjoyed the pod, make sure you subscribe because that's important too. We'll be bringing more episodes throughout the season. Make sure you stay up to date on all things Ram. Download the app on the App Store. That's where you find applications. But Kyle, I appreciate your time. Of course. You guys are the best. Thank you. This is so fun. Appreciate it. Anytime. I love it. Let's go to the Super Bowl, all right? Yeah.